afternoon, good evening, good metal. My name's Cooper. Welcome to the Spoken Metal Show. I've uh, recently managed to get Spoken Metal Show onto iTunes, as I, as I kind of promised a long, long time ago, but being the kind of like uh, idiot that I am and not being able to figure out stuff with uh, with kind of technology, I'm vastly old. I'm an old guy, is what I'm saying. Um, I It took forever. It took forever. Um, I'm going to do a little bit... Before we get into the, uh, the some things I'm talking about today, about yourself and how you can get onto iTunes and how it makes that work for you and what I did, and maybe it will help you as well. But I'll get into that in a, in a little bit. This is uh, episode 21, the first 20 are now up on iTunes for you to listen to and hopefully enjoy. Um, this includes the normal shows and the beginning shows, um, then moving into the shows on my own, and then... All the specials as well that we did, where we talked to like the likes of Simon Hall, um, and 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 people like that, John Jackson, and people involved in, in the metal business, which we'll continue to do eventually when I sort of get that on board as well. But the key thing for me was to get the onto iTunes, leave those twenty on there, so it was kind of people could take it in and go, okay, this is something I like, this is something I not like, and then move forward and try and do these kind of with a bit more regularity. It looks like sort of the beginning of weeks it seems to be the best time to post podcasts. I don't really, you know, it's never been about getting as many likes and, and reviews and ratings and all the pos- all that type of thing. It's never really been about that. Um, but it's nice to know that this is the, I'll find a window where it, it's people who like this can download it and, and listen to it and enjoy it. And the feedback's always been really good that people are listening to it and people are enjoying it. So people even think that I know what I'm talking about. So those people are wrong. Uh, but it's, uh, yeah, it's nice. It's nice to know. And I really appreciate the support. So once we get this sort of regularly moving now on iTunes, which is the uh, medium du jour, if you will, that people like to listen to, listening to this, then we'll start doing that. I'll start messing around with the format a little bit and kind of working on the production values and whatnot. Um, I'm moving it forward. It's It's something that I want to do. Uh, very much because I feel very strongly about it um, and also I just love music and I love metal so I like to talk about it a lot as anybody who knows me will know and um, ideally I'd like to take this to a live show and certainly do more of the specials but we'll get to that when we get to that um, I had some interesting news uh, interesting is probably the worst word for it it was terrible news um, I had someone I, I, I got back in touch by the the majesty there is social media about um with a friend of mine called Sean. Sean was a long time friend. We'd, 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 we'd all gone our separate ways in our lives and what have you. And I hadn't seen him for like maybe 10, 15 years or what have you. And I finally got in touch with him back on, on Facebook and stuff and the and I started talking about stuff. He was one of the first guys that kind of played metal albums to me and played guitar and, and showed me how, how to play guitar and, and what bands to check out and stuff and opened me up to that kind of whole world of music and metal. And him and a gentleman called Steve, Steve Baxter, were, were, were very um, instrumental in setting me on a path that I you know, forged my own later on. And uh, I was talking about Steve, and he said uh, that he'd passed away. Um, that, like 12 years ago, he'd, he'd passed away in a, in a bike accident. Um, and that was tough, because I hadn't, I hadn't kept in touch with him. You know, as you'd always do, you lose touch with people, and this type of thing happens, but um, you know, I, I was very, it was very difficult. I wanted to do this podcast a little bit earlier to, to, today, um, but because I, I, was, I was, wasn't feeling very good about it, um, I didn't want. I don't want to begin a podcast on a down note, so I'm not going to because Steve wasn't that guy. He was not that guy at all. He was a very, very happy, upbeat, hugely positive, massive character, and he. 
Um, he was like, he's just the coolest guy I knew. He had like the coolest hair and he wore the coolest clothes. He was just a cool guy, and he but he was he was like massively into guitar, and so um, you know to hear him passing away, hear about Pat Baron passing away, it was it was very 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 tough. Like so, um, you know, he was one of the guys that turned me onto like the Thin Lizzy. He was a huge Thin Lizzy and Scott Gorman fan. I told Scotty this that actually he was a huge fan. Like when I got to meet him. And stuff, and it's it, it's it's incredible, like Metallica and stuff, and 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 Testament and all these great metal bands he got me onto, and John Sykes, it was a huge John Sykes fan, and obviously Vi and Satriani, and he and, and Living Color as well. He got me onto Living Color way before they they blew up and were massive. He was like this this the band. He just had this magic here yeah, of listening to great bands, and he had a. He had like a full Marshall stack in his house and stuff, and 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 a couple of guitars. He had a Thrunak Jackson soloist that I just coveted. Just thought was incredible. He got me onto Gary Moore as well. He got me onto like playing uh, like crazy stuff with would would just talk endlessly about how great Eddie Van Halen was and maybe and all these sorts of things. It's the first when you're young, you meet people who kind of uh, kind of signpost people to kind of where you should look and where you should go and they help you set you off on a path um, and it'd be it, there's all these there's many type of people who get you into certain movies people who get you into video games or comics or whatever it may be and they kind of just go oh look this is the world this is what you can look at and these are the things and they, and they tell you to suggest albums this is pre-internet pre-internet not even pre-social network and pre-internet um, now it's probably a little bit easier, if a little bit desanitised, as much as that you know you go on YouTube and it says here's five videos of people you might like because you liked Alice in Chains or whatever it may be. Back when I was listening to first listening music, you'd have to lend an album, physically lend an album, um, you know, to listen to it and stuff, and you'd you'd have to. Word of mouth was way more important. It's probably important now, but way more important then because it was like this is amazing. Listen, this you waited for albums to come out. When an album come, you devoured it. I remember when Blue Murder brought their uh, John Sykes' band Blue Murder brought their album out, and he devoured it. And he was like, "You've got to listen to this album. It's incredible." And we we devoured that. Um, you know, testaments, practice what you preach and stuff. And he he was just a, a, a great guy. Um, and the world's a world's like they say it's a, it is it's a world's a darker place with Adam. He's just a superb human being. I probably wouldn't have done certain things that I'd done in my life had I not been introduced. And I could have gone a different path. Could have gone into different music, different things. Not played guitar. Um, and so, you know, thanks for that, Steve. Thanks for you know being one of those signposts, one of those people that tells you, you know, have a look at this and look at down this world and look at look at the, look at this and. An uber positive guy, um, so he's very, very sad, sadly uh, missed. Um, so, yeah, tonight I'm going to listen to um, Black Rose. Black Rose is one of his favourite albums. He always said to me because I couldn't quite get into Thin Lizzy back then. I was more into the more aggressive metal. He was like, "Listen, if you ever sit down and want to get a Thin Lizzy album, listen to Black Rose." And and so Black Rose, I'll listen to that tonight. Um, you know, and uh, he used to have a guitar tab book of of of. of like a uh, black rose but it was all in music and he couldn't read music so he had one of his friends kind of tab out the, the the music and stuff so he could play these these sections of stuff like just a damn I miss Steve like okay well that's enough of that because obviously there's no way he would be just like come on Coop get on with it you know what I mean he's trying to do a, a podcast you know um, 
So uh, I will also be appearing very shortly on a friend of mine, uh, Massey's podcast. It's a podcast called Midnight Mass. Uh, that's on the on iTunes uh, at the moment. Uh, which is an interesting podcast. He's basically him talking to a whole bunch of friends that he considers interesting or create thought-provoking stances and uh, and opinions. And it's called, it's called Midnight Mass. I talk for like nearly two and a half hours, maybe three hours on it. So you're probably sick of my voice on here. Go and download that. Basically. But you, you, you want to listen to Massey's podcast anyway. Um, really insightful and really kind of interesting and, 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 you know, argumentative to a certain degree, but always kind of, forward and progressively thinking about what, what what's going on in the world and what's going on in life so i urge you to, to to download that and i very much urge you to download the one that i'm actually on um it's midnight mass if you want to check that out okay so one of the biggest things that happened while i was messing around getting this onto itunes and had that sort of canyon I, 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 where we where, where nothing i was doing nothing um the biggest news was the gibson guitar company filed for bankruptcy um, so it's had a little bit of time's passed for that about, about a week or two weeks and a half um, has passed since since that happened and just reading about it and trying to digest the information it's um, it's quite a thing that it's quite a thing um, you know you think this is a company founded in 1902 by Orville Gibson so that's like 116 years 116 years and originally they 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 were there to make mandolins and then they moved into arch top guitars like the Charlie Christian used and stuff like that, and then you had the, obviously the Les Paul, Les Paul and Ted McCarty doing that, and you know on and on May first they filed for bankruptcy some 116 years. This is just incredible. This is a company that they gave us the Explorer, the Flying V, the Flying V, what a beautiful rock guitar, uh, the Firebird, and of course the SG. Um, you know, they did Angus, you know, and 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 Tony Iommi, Tony, uh, you know, these are like iconic. You know, the Les Paul and 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 Slash is are synonymous. You know, um, you know, it's interesting. I mean, read the history of Gibson. Uh, I can't give you it all here. It's it's fa- absolutely fascinating. Um, you know, in in seventy four when they moved with in with Norlin. There was a big move where it said that there was a decrease in quality, and it seems to be ever since the sort of seventies, late late to mid to late seventies. Uh, I mean, like in 77, 77 they sued uh, Fernandez, for example. Um, you know, they seem to have had all kinds. It's it's fascinating in a horrible way when it's everything about the company seems to have detracted from that they make guitars. You know, and it's it's happened before. In eighty six, they came close to going out of business. Um, you know that that's happened. It's not like this hasn't been this spectre hasn't shown its head before, um, and and it just re- interesting reading about kind of some of the things, some of the factors that maybe why it happened. But the Gibson factories were raided um, for illegally harvesting ebony wood, uh, which I thought was fascinating. It's called the Lacey Act, um, and it refers to legally harvesting wood and and correctly getting wood the right way from you know not, uh, from not protected places and stuff like that. And they were raided for that massively, uh, which is just in, in, in crazy to me. So you know why why does a company that big why does that fail? Um, well, endorsements are probably the biggest thing of all. Um, you know, you, Zach Wild used to play a lot less Pauls. And obviously he moved on and did his own line um, as well. Um, but I think one of the most timely ones, most interesting ones, was the Bill Callier one from um, Mastodon. 
and reading his story is absolutely tragic. Here's a guy who loves Gibson. So, you know, they approach him or he approach him or how it works out. They go, okay, let, we'll do you a, 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 a you know, a, a, a signature model. And he's like, okay, just, you know, uh, I don't want it chambered, um, which is basically hole, inside the holes of the guitar and, and making it hollow and that type of thing. You don't have to necessarily know about that, but just know that they, 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 they made a chamber. They didn't really listen to his his requirements they didn't listen to kind of what he wanted to do and he didn't even string his guitar up or do it in the same tunes that he has and it just showed a massive you know disconnect between them and the um uh, and the and the artist and that's surely that's that's the that's the kiss of death for for someone who has you know an artist who wants to represent them if you don't even listen to them i mean he, he was regularly citing that he couldn't get in touch with their uh, their sort of people and 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 you know they were regularly changing and they're basically never they're, they're never making sort of the 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 products that he the product that he wanted to so he moves to esp um, as did the Heffield, Heffield, and I remember that white, white Explorer they had, uh, he has the So What one. He moves to ESP as well. You lose Heffield for fuck's sake. You just, it, it's crazy that. It's crazy that these people are all. And if you look at the list of endorsees for Gibson originally, it's the, it's a who's who of music, let alone metal and rock. It's music. And, and to lose all these people, uh, you just think, what's, what's, what's really going on? Um, you know, and it's like the it's it's the it's it's got to be down to the quality as well. Quality seems to be the biggest issue that they just kind of progressively went downhill. Things like putting up images of five grand guitars with dinks in them, dinks are like sort of marks and stuff and scuffs in them, and you think, what are you doing? And then probably one of the one of the many nails in the coffin was was the tuners. They had these electronic tuners that fit fit where the tuners were, obviously. And uh, you could detune your guitar for you, and it was just a horrible relationship from day one that they've kind of that they kind of suffered from. And it seems that they're fostering those relationships with the musicians and fostering relationships with the new in, in, in technology has been the cause of it. So who who's who's to blame if it is any one person? Certainly, um, Henry Jusselwich, the, the the guy the guy who owns Gibson, if you will. Um, he just seems to have had a massive disconnect. So, you know, pictures of him destroying guitars is never good. Even if the pieces are shit, destroying guitars is never good. But then launching ridiculously priced um, signature guitars with poor quality is just asking for trouble. So, I mean, to keep it more positive, what's interesting is they filed for bankruptcy. That doesn't mean the company ends read into bankruptcy law to a very small degree it just means that they're going to close things like the gibson music so their offshoot stuff they're going to reel all that in and kind of concentrate on making quality guitars and that's the way forward for them you know they if anybody can do it gibson gibson's they're definitely the company to do it is to just go back and look at the quality of what they're doing with the guitars just build this a great Gibson Les Paul standard, make it really good quality, make it as effectively priced as you can without being ridiculous. You know, then do, then get a signature with someone, work with them, listen to them, produce that signature. It seems so obvious. You know, look at like Paul Reed Smith and his moving into, you know, amps and stuff. It's worked because he obviously gives a fuck about what he's doing. Just give a fuck. You know, you think of like a, uh, uh, 
a great relationship that it should be, you know, between the artist and the person who manufactures the, 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 the product. And that needs to be fostered more and needs to be worked on. And um, I hope Gibson survive. I hope they come up with a new guitar at, at NAM and it's, and it's just, it's great and it's great price. And they start to do that because there's tons of great people. I know people who work for Gibson, both for a studio, at a store level and, 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 and actually repairing and, and, and restoring guitars. And there are some beautiful models there and beautiful ideas. Let's get that back and let's sort of bring that back. Um, it's a shame. It's a real shame. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just hope that they keep going, Gibson, and do something a bit interesting a bit and, and start to gain some credibility back because... Up until, like I say, the late late seventies, mid seventies, they were the best guitar company in the world. You know, uh, I have a Gibson. You know, most most metal and most rock bands will have a Gibson or at least a Thor Pro. So some people only play them. I've got a couple of friends who are you have a Fender guy or you're a Gibson guy, and it's as simple as that. You know, and it's crazy to think that that's that's no maybe no longer be the case. Like very sad, but let's move forward and let's try and work that out. Like you know, and Henry, if you're listening. You know, you want to come on this podcast and talk about what the fuck, you know, then we can do that. And I think, you know, just stop for a second and realise why you want to do this. And if you don't, your heart's not in it, give it to someone else. Joe Bonamassa has put his name up to being working out, which I think is a fucking brilliant idea. Why? Because he cares. And that's all. Like anything that's got to be grown and made great, you have to care. Okay, the, the, the other story I just want to quickly cover is... Um, a real interesting one with um, with Judas Priest. Obviously, my love for Judas Priest knows no bounds. My love for KK Downing knows no bounds. KK Downing, the other half of him and Glenn Tipton's uh, guitar duo in Judas Priest, he leaves Judas Priest uh, before they do their next album, uh, and the uh, uh, and then we kind of move forward with, without him. And he goes away. Why did he go away? Well, he was kind of like said he'd been a bit done with the with the whole thing, and that's fair enough. He did a long time with the with with the, with the band, but he wanted to form and make a, a golfing resort. Um, I obviously he must have been a great great golfing fan or what have you. Like, so he's gone and done that, and obviously times being very difficult, haven't it hasn't worked out for him. He's got a golf resort in Shropshire. It's like three hundred and twenty acres. Um. You know, and it didn't work out. It didn't take off. Probably a very, very poor time economically to do to do that. Um, so we have having to sell it to the tune of ten million. He's putting up his part of Judas Priest's back catalogue, some one hundred and thirty six songs, including like "Living After Midnight" and uh, and "Breaking the Law" and what have you, to the value of two hundred and fifty thousand pounds, so quarter of a million. Um, and I just think to myself, should we start to go fund me or whatever to buy that so the metalheads can own some part of Judas Priest's back catalogue? Um, that would be incredible, wouldn't it? But just to think you have to you have to sell part of your back catalogue, just that's frightening that. That's absolutely frightening. So, you know, some some person out there, if you haven't already, I'm sure somebody probably has had the idea of, of just let's let's form a little go fund me and uh, and try and buy all of KK's Back catalogue and play. It's back catalogue, selling your back catalogue. It's crazy. It's crazy, isn't it? How much would you pay for uh, Living After Midnight? How much would you pay for Rapid Fire? <laughs> Sad Wings of Destiny. How much does that cost? How much would you think? The, I'd love to see the... Did somewhere there's a breakdown of what all these songs have, have earned, I imagine. 
that's crazy putting a value on on well uh breaking the law is worth this amount of money but uh before the dawn is worth this amount of money that's crazy it's crazy isn't it it's just insane and you know i don't know you know jewish priests are up now and 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 you know uh, are being fantastic now without him so it's a really sad situation to see him kind of kind of and sad but you know i hope, I hope some uh, i hope somebody buys it buys it who, who gives a fuck about metal that'd be crazy I, I, if it went to someone who didn't and then the other like kind of weird things where you saw i don't know because it's only a quarter of, of of what it seems to be or maybe some third or a quarter of it Maybe certain things he can't do, so someone can't buy it and put it in a fucking shoe commercial. Uh, although Electric Eye, I remember being in the States once, and Electric Eye was being used for uh, advertising Land Rovers. I think it was Land Rovers, yeah, it was advertising Land Rovers. So they're not beyond that, I suppose. Um, you just don't want to see it fucking get sold and used for fucking crazy stuff. Like, not that I think they could do, but it'd be interesting to see how that, this one works out. Another story as well coming through... Um, is Slayer's final tour? I've covered this before in previous podcasts, but I thought I just wanted to touch on this a little bit. Um, Slayer's final tour. Is it Slayer's final tour? Well, no, I'll let you into no secret because it's not. They'll play one off shows and they'll do stuff there, and the various members of the bands will do will do various things as well. That's, that's you, you know, Dave Lombardo does film and a hundred other projects as well. So we did, we're not amazed by that. But it's the last kind of last time they're going to play as Slayer, Slayer, proper tour, tour. Um, it's good though because uh, reading like you know, there's a massive amount of interest. People love the last of anything. I think that adds a value to whatever tour you do. If you're saying you're the last of anyone tour, you that's it. Unless you're fucking Aussie um, or the Eagles. Um, but yeah, the last of is always very is always very good. Uh, it's always a good selling point. Um, and it's probably a whole new generation to discover in Slayer. I saw it did the advert. I'm sure you've all have seen an advert with the uh, about. Um, I think it's about. Uh, consumable energy what's it environmentally friendly energy resource and that type of thing and I had Slayer's Rain and Blood on and I was blown away so uh, you know a lot of new people get into Slayer which is fantastic you know it's fantastic you know they are benchmark band and it's like the same as Black Sabbath they kind of stopped there's the back catalogue and that's fine it's a storied back catalogue we went through it did a did a, a fuck marry kill once with, with Slayer on previous podcasts might be worth hearing um, what what do they play that's the thing. What did it? You're writing the set list. Fucking hell. Where the fuck do you start with that? Like you know, apart from the classics, you only got maybe what an hour and a half, two hours best. I mean, and the support for this is absolutely incredible. Lamb of God, more have you? It's incredible. This would be a great tour. The only thing you're not bringing up again is that there's been a big controversy now about actually um, buying tickets. The, the tickets had seem to have erupted on this as, as well again. And it just seems like you, it, because it, it, everybody buys the tickets now online, it opens up a whole sort of problematic sort of thing of of, of touts getting the people who, who don't really give a fuck about the band getting all the tickets that you can sell them for higher value. Maybe that's why the older days when you had to queue up and buy your ticket were better. But even then, people got paid to be in a queue. I'm paid to be in a queue and stand in the queue and go up to, to the first guy up goes, yeah, can I have fucking 500 tickets, please? You know, and that type of thing there's a solution in here somewhere, people, but it's definitely not. It's definitely not here yet, but it's it's definitely coming. Things like it's the same thing as having phones at shows, same thing. But anyway, yeah, Slayer's last show. So obviously, I'll try to get to some shows. Uh, that goes without saying. Um, you want to kind of catch them and the last hurrah. But they're, they're old guys now. They're old guys. I mean, maybe not as old as Sabbath, but they were. They're, they're old guys now. And to play that stuff with that kind of ferocity. 
and they still have that ferocity. I remember seeing a bloodstock when he headlined the bloodstock stage, um, and by Christ, they fucking still go, um, you know. And Tom's got to bat out these like this stuff, and he, the guy's an old guy, like you know. So it's it's nice to close the book on Slayer. There they are. There's the back catalogue. Go and listen to it. Pick up Decadent Regression. I would suggest just start with that because it's fucking flawless. Um, and then, you know, try and get to see them if you can. Um, and if you can't, just go back and listen to the back catalogue and start working through them because they are one of the singly most important metal bands of all time. They are of, of all time. They bear, they bear the billion thrash bands. Everybody cites them as references, and rightly so. They're, they're going to be in that same line as Sabbath. They, they, they simply are. So one of the things I wanted to cover, just as a little bit to the kind of the two things that I was saying before about actually getting... The, uh, the podcast onto iTunes. Now, I had a, a real difficult time with this, mainly because I'm an idiot, uh, neathandral, and just don't don't understand like modern technology. So I was going to try and give a little bit of a prime because, as I've said before, if you don't like this podcast, that's cool. That, that's okay. That's okay, too. If you think you do better, then, you know, by all means, do it, do that and go on and do your own podcast about whatever you want. And I suggest you do. It's very free and... And it's an interesting thing to do is you find out a lot about yourself, about your opinions, about how you feel about things. And I just wanted kind of a, a, a document of, of, of some thoughts and stuff about what I, how I felt. And I care a lot about metal and music, so I wanted to talk about that. But I digress. So what I mean uh, is the this is how I how I got the on iTunes. It sounds very straightforward, but it's uh, it, and it is actually when you break it down. Essentially, I went through SoundCloud. Um, this isn't an advert for SoundCloud, or if SoundCloud want to get back to me and become a sponsor, I'm sure there's something I can do with that. But yeah, you see, basically, um, I use SoundCloud, you upload anything that you record, any straightforward phone will, re- will act as a recording device, and that works just fine. And then um, you upload it to SoundCloud, SoundCloud, I should say, um, and that's stage one. The other stage then is then creating an rss feed from soundcloud which you can do and i won't go into too much detail but it's very straightforward on soundcloud you can do that and you can connect that then to uh, a podcast or the on itunes so you basically create an rss feed move that over onto itunes uh, and it forever gets connected to that then um itunes will always look in that soundcloud thing to pick up the latest episodes and that's pretty much the end of the story it takes about 10 pounds 99 to do it each month which is what i chose to do uh, which is pretty good and um, 10 pound that's essentially all it's costing to be up and and speaking your mind and telling people what you think about things it's pretty good in this day and age pretty free um, and that's how I set it up. So through SoundCloud, create the RSS feed, put it into iTunes. Then iTunes is the way you go, and that's obviously the the listening post du jour, the the place to 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 where uh, to kind of go for your podcasts. And I would say, like, is the way I see it as well. You know, I probably get no one listen to this. No one even cares about it, and that's fine. But you know, you you do it for yourself first, and then if someone else likes it, you can go from there. Um, so yeah, um, and then see what happens I, all i ask is you invite me on your show if you do talk about metal that'd be nice um okay so that was it pretty much it so what i'm going to start to do sort of in the next uh, week uh week after is every day i'll be kind of putting some things together and then at the end of the week maybe putting up um a collection of the thoughts that i've had on things that have happened within the metal community and things i have thoughts about and um, that seems to be a good sort of format and i'll try and keep it sort of 15 20 minutes i don't want to go on too long 
and try and do that and let's see how this develops it's already developing as a podcast anyway and be nice to see how this develops so as always thanks for listening thanks for taking the time to listen to some of my drivel um as always i've got now a facebook page the spoken metal show twitter uh, spoken metal show and obviously uh, i have a soundcloud the spoken metal show on there and now on itunes at the spoken metal show please if you listen to it on any of those formats like subscribe and comment on to all those it's important that you comment tell me what you think tell me what i should be talking about tell me what i'm doing wrong tell me what i'm doing right and it can help me to make it sort of something that you can enjoy and enjoy and listen to i've had a lot of messages people say they listen to it at work and on the way to work and when they're driving around and what have you that's cool if it makes you laugh that's cool if it makes you think that's that's cool too so you know i'm, I'm really happy for that so thanks very much and as always please check us out on there and i'll see you again later guys thanks for that